Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams, and joining me today, are, as always, are my two co-hosts. First, we got my boy Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are you doing today? Uh, it's Tuesday. Got a little break from the game on Sunday. Took a took a day, extra day, to process that uh, donkey stomping game. Yep. Yeah. And, and then... uh, watched a god awful football game last night, but hey. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, a very interesting football game. Anybody last else night. feel like we were in 1948 watching football again? <laughs> that was a weird. It was a weird game last night. Also here, of course, Arrowhead Tom. Tom, how are you doing? Listen, should probably be doing better considering the uh, pretty one-sided for affair against the Broncos. And as Kyle alluded to, watching the uh, very old-school style football game with the wind uh, last night. Um, I was just thinking, like, could you imagine a game where Patrick Mahomes only threw three passes without, like, you know, while playing the whole game? Wouldn't never happen. happen in a million yeah, years. Never. Uh, I'm just okay. still shocked that, yeah, that that resulted in a win. But um, no, it's you know what, it's it's a good day to be a member of Chiefs Kingdom and uh, you know to hang out with you guys and thankful for this community. So um, yeah, excited to to talk football and and get into it today. It would never happen because he actually has arm strength to throw through the wind, as you <laughs> noticed with Josh Allen still being able to throw the football through the wind last night. Yeah, it was a very interesting game plan from from the Patriots, though. Just we should have known he wore a navy mask in the pregame yeah. interview. That's just something. That's really just a Belichick thing more than anything. I don't think you're going to see any other coach ever even try that. That's just Probably not. classic Belichick stuff. But yeah, uh, the Broncos got. Uh, pretty much walloped on Sunday night versus the Chiefs. Um, pretty convincing game, I'd say. Uh, I was never really worried throughout the whole game. It was kind of chill. It was kind of a boring game at some points, honestly, because uh, the offense you know, continued its trend of not really uh, finishing drives out and um, shooting themselves in the foot and all those classic stuff that we've already talked about a lot this season. But overall, it was a good game, I think. What was your guys' impressions overall? Some of that is I think the offense not getting a chance to get in a rhythm because they went on like an 11-minute drive in the second quarter that resulted in bagel. Yeah. Like, the, when you sit on the sideline for an entire quarter, it's it's difficult to kick it back. And I think that's part of the reason we didn't see them go push it at the end of the half there to try to put up points. I know that's not something we've really seen this team do with – with Patrick and Andy and whatnot at, at the end of half, there's not try to go two for one, but you just sat on the sideline for like 11 minutes in the cold. It's pretty windy. Um, they haven't had a great time of holding on to the ball, uh, whether it's been drops or knocking a ball out of their hand at the last second or whatever. Like 
when you're having those kind of issues and you're in that kind of a scenario, I don't, I, I understand not pushing the pedal there. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we talk about it almost every week, like the offense just seems out of rhythm, just seemed out like, you know, these little missed things. I felt like there was a little bit more, especially early on, there was a little bit more of that, like, kind of structure and making plays that, like, you know, you kind of expected them to make. And then just kind of as the game wore on, I think Kyle's point is like, I don't know if that just mentally, and, and I know there was the clip of like Mahomes and Biennemi kind of going at it on the sidelines. And I think people maybe make a little bit too much about that. You know, maybe. Yeah, probably. I mean, as, as Biennemi has told us, like Pat's a competitive prick, right? He wants to win. And and even though they were ahead in the game, like he's, it's going to get frustrated. You can't, you know, every time you see that stuff and everybody makes it a, a big deal, you know, and I think sometimes it's just, you also have to remember that they're on the sidelines in an NFL stadium that's loud as hell. You're going to have to scream to talk anyways. Um, it's pretty easy to get caught up in the emotions there. So I, would, I wouldn't personally read into that too much. I think Eric and uh, Patrick have a good relationship, and, and it's not going to get ruined by a mis- miscommunications or frustrations on one drive or in one game. So, not, If you um, think that's an issue, go listen to what Jamal Charles told Josh Briscoe about EB and him and how those things kind of go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just think that, like, you know, <laughs> we – Feels like now we are waiting. One day the Chiefs will really put together a complete football game. The defense just looks like, you know, we've talked about like the changes and I'll be honest, I was one of the most pessimistic people out here and I was talking about, you know, blowing the whole thing up and and I still think there's a lot of changes that need to happen. And I wasn't even like super impressed with the Melvin Ingram, you know, trade. Um, Melvin Ingram was taking on double teams last night and just, I'm sorry, Sunday and and just doing things that I was like, really? Like, all right, it was a really good pickup. it's let Chris Jones get back inside. Uh, Willie Gay, I think his return and development has been an underrated storyline this this year for the Chiefs defense. Just his presence and his ability to cover in space versus someone like Ben Neiman. You know, being, you can see the difference. Um, Nick Bolton didn't play as much as you'd like, but still did the things that you expect him to do. I, I know there's at least one good hit on Javante Williams in there, um, but. Yeah, I just the defense, uh, and obviously I think Juan had that that interception where we had the the front side blind side block. Um, that was a pity flag. The ref saw that and went, "Ooh, ooh, I feel bad for him. We better just let's just throw the flag because that looked like it hurt." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, that was a that was an interesting play in my opinion. Yeah, but just overall, it just seems like there's more energy and there's more cohesiveness across the unit, and that's always good for the team. And that's with guys missing, like Fenton wasn't there last night. Mm-hmm. Sunday night. God, we're gonna do that on this podcast, aren't we? Fenton wasn't there Sunday night. Um, they DeAndre Baker played a lot of snaps and actually played really well when he played yeah, a lot of snaps. He was a guy I, re- I was really looking forward to uh, seeing um, him get more snaps, and he ended up getting some. So that was cool. So Tom, you mentioned Melvin Ingram and putting him and Chris side by side. We saw a direct payoff from that on the first drive. Uh, Quinn Miners goes to help double team Chris for a second. And then it's supposed to work back out to Melvin and never even got a fingertip on him. Melvin shot the gap, blew it up, sack quarterback, like rap. Like that's this D line is working. And that's with Chris and Frank having a fairly statistically quiet evening. They didn't have a huge stat line for either one of them. I think Chris got a deflection on a ball. They had some hurries and pressures, but for the most part, the other guys got like Okafor almost had a pick six. Um, it was the D line is functioning like it. We'll talk about another person who did have a pick six here in a little while. I'm sure 
Um, but <laughs> one of the elite defensive playmakers on the team, like yeah. Tyron Matthew or Chiefs, no, Chris yeah. Jones, uh, or Frank Chiefs Clark, legend uh, Dan Sorensen, fan favorite, yeah. somebody that we all love. We've never said anything bad about ever. He's an AFC West killer, man. It is what it is. Like he destroys the AFC he's just, West. He's I the don't biggest hit or miss in NFL history, probably. And when he hits, he hits. Like that was an awesome interception. We can just dive right in. That was an awesome. It was deflected even by Ben Neiman, who another guy the fans do not like. Uh, for I yeah, feel like six pretty... plus forty nine equals six. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, Dan returning that and then doing the uh, the Deion Sanders high step at the end there. <laughs> yeah. That I, that killed I me. I was I was so hyped for that just to see. I really thought he was gonna blow a calf. Like, I was yeah, that was a very aggressive, a very aggressive like fast paced high step. It was like and man, he did he's for, been like, waiting five on yards. that forever. Yeah, he did yeah. for like five yards too. I feel like he did it a little early. Like, oh man, I'm I'm still going. I guess I gotta really commit to this thing. But, yeah. Yeah, I love that play just because it showed not only the passion and swagger that uh, Dan obviously still has, but the the whole defense as a whole has kind of has shown over the past couple of weeks that they've got a lot of swagger and, and attitude on that side of the ball. So, yeah, the D-line. Tom, you mentioned the one pick. And on that one pick, the, and I know they talked about it on the broadcast, but I noticed it immediately. It was he played Tyron's role on that normally that's normally the robber in the middle of the field safety is normally tyron and they switched that up and tyron went deep and juan played that center on i don't and they said it on the broadcast and it was evident i don't think teddy ever saw him he literally threw it right to him it looked like he was the intended receiver on the play yeah it was a great read by juan honestly and a great play it was a great play up until i think after he caught the ball then I was I was kind of disappointed with everything that happened. First, I mean he he goes up to the 45 and then he decides, you know what, I'm actually going to turn around, run 10 yards backwards and around to try to get, you know, more yards. He ends up getting tackled at the 50 our, our 51, so he loses six yards on that. And then yeah, that that Hitchens uh, blindside block. I didn't. I thought that was honestly a good call. I don't I don't know if it was categorized as a blindside block or what or just like hit on a defensive player, but. The guy never saw him. The D tackle literally never saw him. If you look How? at his, okay. if you look at his head, if you look at the replay and you look at the D tackle's head, he is following Quan the entire time. I mean, it's he, he's staring right at Hitchin. No, he's oh, not. He's, no, he's not. He's staring right at Quan. You've got to play with your head on a swivel, and I mean, I mean that is true. I, I but understand that that was that was a block that he really didn't see. You don't. He, he really like, didn't see Quan. Or yeah, uh, the, the new rule because you can't block a guy because he's running a certain way is stupid as hell to me and always will be. I, yeah. it listen, was. I think it's a, a ticky tack call, definitely. But just you know, if in the, in today's NFL, you just can't do that. Like Hitchens had like a three four like step run up to kind of hit. He this didn't dude. step anywhere. He stood there. He and did. Waited for he the guy. stepped up a little bit into him. Yeah. He put his I shoulder think... in his chest and buried a guy on a block. And I That's think that was not the exactly issue where what happened, yeah, but... Hitchens could have done, you know, you get a little more arm extension in there. You I mean, the thing down. is that you don't have to lay the dude out. Like, he's a D-tackle. But you he's want not... to. Yeah, I know <laughs> that you want to, but you have to play smart football here. Like, you can't just lay the dude out. You can just stand there and... T- I mean, he's not catching Juan. He's a D-tackle. Like, all you have to do is stand there and use your body as a block, and you don't have to absolutely level him on the play. I know, that's, I know that's a... a like, as a fan of the game, like it's a great, I would love to see big hits like that and stuff, but like not when it hurts you on, on the other end of that. So yeah. I just, I didn't I, like the end of that play on, on both Juan and Hitchens part, but I agree um, with you in, in like principle and like the logical side of it. Like, yeah. Do you want that 15 yard penalty? No, but I want my players to play hard all the time. 
So, um, you I know, guess. and in that context, I think you have you have a moment where you're energized, and it's just I, you know I I can forgive it. I can forgive it. I also think that you know that that style of block that that like that. Um, again, like you said, these are like more recent rule changes, and so it happens. Um, you know, I don't think I don't believe the the player was. Um, like was injured on the play. I don't believe so. No, so, he got right back up. You know, popped up, no harm, so. no foul. His pride was maybe a yeah. little bit. I mean, once you saw the flag, I think he was kind of happy. But his, his pride was in you. No, nah, you don't. You don't like getting blown up like that, regardless Nobody of whether does. the flag yeah. was thrown or not. Period. Nobody. Yeah, it's a, it's a forgivable play like on Hitchens' part for sure. Because if you're in that situation, like that's what you kind of dream of as a, as a you know as just a football player to hit a dude that hard. But I just. Thought it was kind of a bonehead play on both Juan and then his part, but if Juan just doesn't run back and and do that, then that never happens. So I'll put firstly the blame. That I'll Juan. give you. I don't. I don't really know why Juan turned around and ran backwards yeah. nine yards and he invoked his inner D Rob, but it. Yeah. So if that doesn't happen, then nothing else happens. So Juan, let's just run forward like always. But good play, good play. And Juan actually did have a pretty decent night. He had a couple of good tackles there and. Uh, was playing pretty well. And then another guy who had a really good night was obviously the corners. Charvarius Ward had a great night. Uh, Legarius Snee was a little quieter, but... Um... Can we get some Charv, some stickum or some gloves? Or <laughs> yeah. Something? something. I love you, buddy. Catch the ball. Yeah, that was... Catch the ball. Two of them. Yeah. So that is part that you got to work on still. But overall, I was really impressed with the defense. Obviously, the defense just had another day of itself. Hitchens was playing decently. Uh, he missed a couple of kind of gimme tackles but Javante Williams is watching him up close he's pretty legit even with that line that we kind of talked about uh last week as being sort of injured and sort of not um up to caliber of of recent years but uh Javante Williams looked pretty good but it ended up not really mattering because the Broncos kind of just you know went to Teddy after a certain point and then look I like Javante and I think he's going to be good for them um I a lot of his yardage came in garbage time specifically like he got i think 38 of his yards after the end of the third like in the fourth quarter when it was 22 to three or whatever it was and mm-hmm. 34 of his receiving yards came on the play at the end of the half that had no chance at all of going anywhere to end or contribute right, yeah. to anything like that also that, that whole in the half sequence from both teams was one of the more wild things I've seen in a while. Like it was just like, uh, what just happened? Like, what was that? Yeah. But Tom, what did you think of Javante? I mean, he played like I thought he did, you know, I thought he was going to do pretty decent. I think the chief, I mean, that was really the only thing that they had going for them all game, you know? Yeah. So like I said, good player, got his moment, but at the end of the day, you know, didn't really make a difference scoreboard wise. So thought he yeah. ran hard and yeah, very much the player I thought he was, but at the end of the day, that team just has a lot of deficiencies that aren't going to let them, you know, starting at the quarterback position, aren't going to let them be really competitive in games like these. And I said, and I, and I might've missed, I misspoke a little bit there. He did have four yards per carry before he got those garbage time yards at the end, but yeah, it four yards per carry is not going to hurt this defense on when they have yeah. Teddy Bridgewater quarterback. Like yeah. it's yeah. not, the problem and actually yeah. the stat that was put out by uh by matt mcmullen chiefs have allowed total six touchdowns since week eight uh which is the lowest mark in the nfl in that span and zero rushing touchdowns in that span so obviously you know the rushing game is just not going to get it done and there's a couple like goal line stands or uh third down stands that they had that uh they ended up getting it done and, and stopping the rush so um 
yeah, it's the defense is just playing out of its mind right now. Very cohesive, a lot, just the complete opposite of what we basically saw earlier in the season where no one knew what they were doing. It seemed like everyone seemed like they're kind of on the a, a same page and are more comfortable now and uh, can kind of just play their own game and play uh, for everyone around them. So it's good to see that. It's good to see that there's more confidence back in the defense. And this is, we talked about this in week eight, week six, like these, the defense with Spags starts the year slow. It does. It has every year that he has been in Kansas City. And I think it's because of the way that they build the defense. It's a building block process where they start out early playing a bunch of different stuff and everybody's still kind of getting a feel for who goes where, who does what, especially mm-hmm. with the new faces and guys out. And now you see a fully healthy defense that's played together for several weeks, that's understanding all of the defenses and all the stuff he's asking guys to do and move around and play different spots and these sub packages and everything that's happening. And by the end of the year, they're rolling in one of the best defenses in the league. It's happened now. Traditionally, they don't start off historically one of the worst defenses the NFL's ever seen. I will grant everybody that. Got a little slower slower of a start this year than than previous years, but it's still Yeah, but this the and again like the fact that they've transitioned to one of the best defenses in the league is yeah. really impressive honestly just that alone even like, it, yeah it's just, how they do it it just seems to be how they do it yeah just them starting at the bottom and then all of a sudden in a couple of weeks going to the top that's probably even more impressive than you know if they started kind of on the bottom half but not at the very bottom and then got to the you know top 15 10 it's not like nope we're uh, from 32 to 1 pretty much so uh, yeah they're i think third in dvoa now yeah, they're, on. they're rising. Like, they're rising up those charts. Or second, fast. maybe, just behind the Patriots, and that's partially because the Patriots have played games like they played last night where it's like a thousand-mile-an-hour wind and snowing and no one can do anything. And Yeah. Yeah, but overall, defense, obviously the uh, the the talk of the game, but let's transition towards the offense because, uh, yeah, there's a couple, you know, interceptions and and drops there's actually a, a good amount of drops last night which was drops. yeah crazy um and yeah it's just the deep or the offense like kind of tom mentioned earlier it, they definitely looked better than they did in the in the past few weeks it's just i don't know there's just something about they can't finish drives like they'll get a good couple you know couple plays couple first downs and drive like 30 40 yards and then all of a sudden they you know either drops or they just kind of stall out with the run and something happens mm-hmm. and they end up, you know, either having to settle for a longer field goal or even punt. So, uh, yeah. And not having gone back and watched how the Broncos were playing things. I mean, I think it says a little bit that, um, you know, Daryl Williams and Clyde, I mean, it, it was a game where they spread the ball out a lot, but yeah, Daryl Williams led the the team in receiving. Um, Most Clyde of was them. play down the sideline. Yeah. And it was pretty much, yeah, that one play. Um, but it's just, again, it feels like um, I think we've already acknowledged that defenses are really dedicated to taking away the like deep ball, the explosive play. And really, though, the Chiefs um, just haven't had as much success working those intermediate routes, you know, and, and those shorter routes. I don't – it's hard to figure out, right? And, and obviously – you have one of the best offensive minds in NFL history working on this every week, you know, week in, week out with a pretty good set of players. So it's, it's not a problem that is, you know, likely to be easier, easily solved, but I think it's going to get figured out eventually. Um, One of the things that, 
stood out was, you know, they had an early screen to Clyde and it, one went really well. And then there was another one that, you know, was a tackle for a loss. And it felt like they gave up on the screen game a little quick after that first one really broke off for a little bit. So, um, yeah. And on third and 28 or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just it, it was one of those things where it just felt like there was a lot of, um, yeah, just not the um, not the offense we're, we're used to seeing in terms of productivity, in terms of big plays. Um, you know, I, there were a lot of different people who caught balls in this game. You know, or who saw targets even. So McColl caught one, Byron caught one, Demarcus caught two, Tyreek had two, Travis had three, Clyde had three, Daryl had three. So it, it was spread out a lot, and so maybe maybe that had something to do with it. There wasn't one guy who was getting hot, and and sometimes we'll see that where Mahomes likes to find the guy who's hot that day and, and kind of lean on them. You know, usually that's Tyreek or Travis, but when teams are taking them away, like who's going to have that big game? And we, we also saw some early drops from Byron Pringle, and I think that, like, Again, it's that second wide receiver. Drop. It's that it's that who's gonna be the guy behind. I'm I'm a little surprised we didn't see, you know, Josh Gordon talk about him every week. I just think it's you know, we can probably say he's maybe I should just start saying that it's not gonna happen because then it'll happen. I should start yeah. being yeah. critical of Josh Gordon Honestly. like I was the defense. Um, but that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at a place where I'm like, you know, I think Josh Gordon, he's a body at this point. Um and he just it hasn't worked, so let's not pretend that it is. Um, Sunday, I think a lot of the deep stuff has to do with, we don't talk about it cause we're used to the wind in Kansas city, but it was windy as hell on Sunday in Kansas city, like fast mm-hmm. bucker. Um, like it was windy and throwing deep balls in the wind is not easy to do. Even if your quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, like th- that has a l- large effect on some of the downfield throws. Um, your intermediate routes, your shorter routes, you can zip it through there and cut through the wind and whatnot. But when you put that ball up in the air and it's got a float or it's got time to be affected, they're not going to be as likely and willing to take those risks and chances in a game where the other quarterback can't do much. Like they knew what they were, what they had in front of them. Mm -hmm. And I think part of this goes to Andy being like, well, why would I pull? No, we're not doing anything crazy tonight. This win, this stuff's nuts. Let's not go nuts. Let's just make sure we get points, make sure we get enough to where, we, where we're comfortable and go win a game. And yeah. now the drops have got to stop happening. Uh, you coupled like the Byron drop on the first one was a huge drop. He was mm-hmm. wide open with room to run and just whoop. Um, Travis dropped one, got another one knocked out that, somehow people some think was a fumble even though he didn't even get two feet on the ground so that's interesting <laughs> enough um yeah. the Tyreek dropped one uh we saw Demarcus Robinson's snap count go from like eight before the bye back to like 40 which I thought was something interesting I think it may have been more to do with the fact they were trying to run the ball and do the short stuff with Pat with the run blocking more and he's yeah. one of their better run blocking receivers that's what he's good at so it's it's interesting that we're seeing and by the way everybody was talking about EB and Patrick getting into it. Patrick chewed a little bit of Travis's ass on the sideline also, but that's not getting any run because that's <laughs> not quite the same. I mean, he, was narrative, chewing, I would say. he was chewing out a couple of dudes. I mean Pringle yeah. got it for sure, I think, a couple of times, especially after yeah. that one drop. I think Tyreek might have even got one because I think Tyreek on one route just stopped running her kind of and ended up missing him. Um, He's he 
look, man, we talked about what EB has called him. He's a competitive prick. It is what it is. Yeah. Like he's go he is frustrated. He's frustrated. He played well and he got he's gonna take the heat for going fifteen to twenty nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely not like any kind of like a negative frustration. It's just like he knows that they all can play better and he's frustrated mm -hmm. that they aren't. It's just it's just a competitive thing. It's not mm -hmm. definitely no like it's definitely not a layer deeper than that. He's just frustrated that, you know, it's not working on the field. And I think what you said about Andy Reid and kind of his, his you know, game plan for this game, it was kind of more of just like a let's get this win. Let's just get the points. Let's do what we have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and let's just kind of feel yeah. it out. Because really, th throughout the whole game, the, fel the feel of the game was like uh, the Chiefs really aren't in much of danger. Like after they got that early touchdown and, you know, kind of started, they got three and out at the start. Like it seemed like you know it was kind of going to be an easier game, and so, you know, like that end of the end of the first half where they had like a minute or something left and two timeouts and decided to just run it out. Like you know, mm -hmm. I'm fine with them not having to be overly aggressive because at the end of the day, you didn't have to be to win the game. You know, like if yeah. even if Dan Sorensen doesn't get that pick six, you know, you're still up by a, two scores pretty convincingly mm -hmm. and not really much of a threat from the Broncos. So. I don't know. It was just one of those things where they definitely could have been more aggressive. Like uh, I think another one was what they had like a fourth and fourth and one or a fourth and two, yeah. and they ended up mm -hmm. kicking it instead yeah. of uh, going for it. And it was just like, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where if you needed to do it, I think they. That's the thing. If they needed to get these points and they needed to be more aggressive, I think that they could still turn it on. It's just it seems like the offense is kind of in uh, mm -hmm. in a more of a lower drive mode, you know. They trust their defense, which is something they haven't been able to say in a regular season for a while, is they yeah. don't have much concern mm -hmm. about this defense right now. And, I mean, even on the like on the two-point play, after they let them go down and score in the garbage time section, Dan makes a perfect read, clears the rub route, and <laughs> stuffs Noah Fant at the goal line. Yeah. Again, like, if you're going to get plays out of guys that – over 99% of the kingdom wanted off the team five weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. What are they worried about on the defensive side of the ball right now? Like they controlled Denver pretty much all night. You, yeah. you didn't hear much from Tim Patrick. You didn't hear hardly anything from Jerry Judy. You didn't hear much from Cortland Sutton. It was Javante Williams. And if you're going to try to run the ball and beat the chiefs, Come Fangio <laughs> knew it. You have to score touchdowns. That's why they didn't kick field goals. That's why they mm -hmm. went for it six times on fourth down. That's yeah. why they got stuffed three of those six times. That's kind of how that works. Like, you can't beat this team playing that way. And I I challenge – I would love to – if teams want to try to win the game that way, knock yourselves out. I will take that every time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they were just, there was a couple of plays where there's, or a couple of times where they really weren't aggressive for points like they needed to be. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Even, I guess people or teams are kind of in a lull this year and don't expect the Chiefs to, to be what they were. But, like, you still need to put up points versus the Chiefs. Like, things haven't changed just because things have been a rocky this season. Like, you still need to get the points when you're playing the Chiefs. Like, every opportunity possible, you need to get the points. Like, they had a 20 play drive or something that ended up in no points. Like, how, how do you let that happen? You know? 20 plays, 80 something yards, bagel. It's like, yeah, you just can't do that as a, as a team. And I don't know, who is the Broncos' offensive coordinator? Ugh. Let me look it up. Uh, Pat Shermer. Yeah, Pat Shermer. Of course. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Former Giant great Pat Shermer, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Great's one word to describe him, but I don't Father know. I think... Former practice squad quarterback Kyle Shermer. Yes. yes. I think, uh, you know, having Small Teddy, way. obviously, you are you are kind of limited in the offense, but yeah, I didn't. I don't think uh, Pat Shermer necessarily called the greatest potential game that he could have. But and also, I mean, it's, you know, Steve Spagnuolo, hats off to him for for coming prepared and and knowing what you know he's got to do to to win the game and get out of there. So it's it's a combination, and and the offense has its issues right now. It, also, the same offense was hanging up 35, 40 points a game earlier this season. So do I think that they can figure it out and get some of this crap cleaned up? Yes. Is it going well right now? No. Is it all one person's fault? No. It's a conglomerate of issues, and most of them seem to be at the skill positions right now. Um, Because the offensive line had another good night. Orlando Brown actually killed a man and then stood over him for like three seconds and then killed him again when he tried to get up. And yeah. Um, Andrew Wiley was pancaking people like it was his like it was he was at a buffet it was quite interesting uh trey smith had another they called another pancake block holding oh my god that's absolutely hate trey smith it's actually crazy like they've i wonder they've had to have gotten an email about him like hey this dude he's too physical we need to call carl sheffers is one of the most frustrating individuals to watch officiate a game the call on mahomes for the hard count yeah that was bad yeah that was rough Never, especially ever going to see that call again. And especially when they cut when doing. they go on the broadcast and they cut to uh, who is it, Terry, their rules analyst, and they go, Terry, does that does that ever get called? And he's like, No, that never really gets called. I used to call it all the time though. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, like, great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So this rule hasn't been called in twenty years. He, and now we he have, snapped yeah. his hands up. No, he caught the snap. Yeah, Terry. Like, what? What are you supposed to? The do? guy was already in the neutral zone by the time he moved his hands. <laughs> you can't catch the snap with your with your elbows. <sighs> like, yeah, that was it. Was and a I, very and I and I love I love Patrick's. Patrick knows how to do this. Patrick knows how to say that was a horrible call without going. You suck at your job. Yeah, he, he said. Did. Yeah, I still don't know exactly. I guess I'll have to figure that out and make sure I don't do it again. Code for. You're dumb. Yeah. That's awful. Code for, I've done this every single time I've done a hard count my whole career, and all of a sudden <laughs> I get called for it now. So, yeah, yeah right? that was just... Not as first or Yeah, there's just a lot of a lot of questionable plays. But, yeah, I mean, Creed Humphrey had a dominant game again. Joe Tooney still looked good. Andrew Wiley, you know, the right tackle. I told y'all. We, we've got to give that man some credit. I, like I was be- I've, been giving, I've been giving Andrew Wiley credit. If you all <laughs> forgot, I've been probably the longest Andrew Wiley right tackle supporter on this podcast. Like I have said for a while. In a row now, he's been better than good. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I've, contest. I was always like, here's the thing with Andrew Wiley. People forget that he won the, uh, the chiefs Mackley Hill rookie of the year award in his, you know, quote unquote rookie season, uh, as a right tackle, you know, and uh, obviously he then played guard for the next couple of years. And people, I think maybe rightfully so, but maybe not, said he was a better guard than tackle. I always just thought that, you know, he still had that tackle in him. 
I think he was still a, a dude who could play. And obviously he was in poor situation last year with the, the Super Bowl and everything like that. I mean, it's hard to play right tackle. The whole line was in a poor yeah. situation. It's hard to play. Time. It's hard to be thrust into the right tackle position two weeks before the Super Bowl. So and I didn't have really... no one next to you that's playing in a normal position. Exactly. So, and I, you know, we talked about it through the offseason about, you know, potential trade guys and everything like that. And I was I was on the train of like, hey, let's keep Andrew Wiley around because he has that tackle versatility. We don't have another true backup tackle. Uh, you know, at the time, because I guess we still had Mike Remmers, but we didn't have another backup tackle like that. I was the guy who was saying, you know, he can be tackle. So, I don't know. I, I have been impressed with him. I also am looking forward, though, to uh, to Lucas Niang's return. Just ho- hopefully if he does return soon, because uh, that's been an injury that's kind of been uh, not really talked about too much, and it didn't seem like a major injury at the time, I guess, but he's been out for a couple weeks now. So, yeah. It's one of those they people aren't really paying attention to it and they're not talking about it because they don't have to injuries. Um, I'm it's a little concerning that he's been out now as long as he has. Also, rib injuries suck, especially for offensive linemen. Like if he cracks some ribs, those don't heal overnight. Like right. that's a rough thing. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see him come back, hopefully. Um I also think you probably see Kyle Long get activated and actually be active in games, and and we'll see where that goes with that right tackle spot. Yeah, I am very interested in what they do with Kyle Long at this point because Andrew Wiley, I think, has at least played up to the standard where you probably don't take the job away from him immediately. But, I mean, if you work Kyle Long in the next couple weeks at right tackle and then, you know, something does happen to happen, then you do have him kind of trained at that position more. I think he was mostly working at guard this offseason, right? So... They've got another test the Sunday. They've got Max Crosby in town again, and yeah. everybody needs to make sure Travis Kelsey is aware that Yannick Ngakwe is on the field because he'll just try to take your ACL dirty, out and destroy your leg for no reason behind the play dirty. with no justification yeah. for it. Very dirty. Yeah, watch that. Um, <sighs> but yeah, I'm just uh, I'm hopeful that the the offense kind of starts to to liven up a bit. Um, obviously, like you said, we have the Raiders coming up again. Uh, we just saw him a couple of weeks ago and handled them pretty well. So uh, hopefully mm-hmm. it's a follow-up performance similar to that. And, uh, you know, I think they haven't really improved as a team much since then. I think we've definitely improved, at least on the defensive side of the ball. So, uh, yeah, it should yeah, be a good matchup. They take care of business the next 10 days, 9 days, whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. They, they're they 10-4 and four and completely own the AFC West with no no – questionable anything like, yeah and even a chance at the at the one seat at this point if the titans yep. beat the patriots was it next week or the week after then the chiefs are pretty much in the one seed which... uh, i think it's the bills titans already lost to the patriots right okay i saw someone had to beat the patriots so the bills the bills play new england in two weeks i believe um after that snow awfulness last night yeah but, um the Bills have a rough stretch. They got Tampa this week. They've got Carolina in between there, and then they've got New England. So I think it's three weeks. But yeah, yeah basically, they need, the Patriots need to lose a game. Is yeah. basically what needs to happen. And Kansas City needs to run the table. The biggest steps to running the table are taking care of these two division games that are going to take place in a four-day period from Sunday to Thursday coming up. So yeah, it's going to be a very. That'll be interesting to see. Yep, but we will be back later this week with uh, a full preview game for the Raiders and uh, and talk about everything about that, give a full, give our thoughts and everything like that and uh, see what we expect. But 
yeah, thank you all for so much for joining us for this one. Be sure to uh, you know follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Kingdom Says Pod. Give us a like and a review on Apple, Spotify. Uh, rate the podcast. That's a thing that that podcasts do, right? Um, yep. And congratulations to the winners from our giveaway with yeah. Chris Chauncey. And thank you again, Chris, for partnering up and coming on and doing that. If you guys haven't checked out that episode, go listen to the episode with Chris. It was a great one. Yep, definitely. Shout out, Chris. And uh, we'll definitely be doing some more giveaways soon. So be on the lookout for that on our Twitter at Kingdom Says Pod once again. And uh, yeah, that's all we got for you for this one. We will talk to you guys later this week. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.